Hello and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Pekosek. And today we are joined by Rashida Geddes, who is a millennial women's leadership coach, talent consultant, speaker, and host. Rashida is empowering young leaders to unapologetically own their value in the marketplace and confidently ask for what they want. She's also invested in seeing more inclusion and diversity through representation in the workforce. Becoming the CEO of her own career success and trained by best-selling author Valerie Burton of the CAP Institute in Coaching, Rashida utilizes the power of positive psychology in her business, career, and life. When she isn't helping millennials find their voice, Rashida wears many hats as a wife, mother, and youth advocate. A voice for the next generation of women leaders through her speaking, coaching, and training, Rashida is helping millennials claim the power they bring to life. She joins us from Montreal. Rashida, welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike and Lisa, for having me. Excited to be here and excited to have this conversation today. Likewise. Excited to have you too, yeah. Can you dive in a little bit more into how you arrived at this point right now in your career? Hmm, that's um that's deep, right? right. Um, when Small you think about question. when you think about all of the different pieces of your journey, but I, I think that where I would start with is that I always knew I wanted to make an impact, have an impact and make a difference. Um, and I knew that I had an ability to speak, the gift of gab, an opportunity to um, leverage leadership very early on in my own academic and sports um, and VP and, and different types of activities that I did in high school. Um, and I knew I had the gift of persuasion. So I, I thought right away that I was going to be a lawyer. I said, that's definitely the path that I'm taking. I, I have this ability. And of course, it's a great space to be able to help and make an impact. Uh, what I realized um, early on in my university career, as I was pursuing that, that space, was that there was an opportunity to, to do those things in different areas. Um, and for me, working in the financial service industries, and that's just by luck, I needed some financial management skills. Um, I felt uh, I needed a job. I needed to work. Um, while I was going to school. So working in a bank, in a bank that I had known, um, was an easy transition or was an easy opportunity for me to see where there was an alignment there. So um, I started working at BMO while I was actually um, in school. Um, and what I realized that in the business world, you're, the opportunity to have an impact and make a difference was accelerated. Um, technology, the things that were happening, the things that I was seeing going on around me and someone coming from that background of, of analytical and observation, I saw there was opportunity in this space. Um, and I knew I wanted to move into a learning and development space because those were always skill sets and experiences and things that I've done that have interested me. But no one in my immediate management or circle understood or, or knew the path. Um, there may be a specific trajectory that each uh, each organization or group of people know. So it was difficult for them to see that path and that, that way for me to be able to create it. Um, and it was in trying to model things that I was doing from my university into my career that I realized that I was hitting, um, hitting a wall. You know, the, the thought that I could put my head down, do good work, um, and get good grades as I was in university, but would translate into um, great opportunities in the career space didn't happen for me. It wasn't an easy process for me kind of navigating that space. Um, and what I realized is that there's an opportunity for me to reach out, to connect, but also to learn some uh, important skills about myself and about this environment to be able to move forward. And it was really when I uh, found out that I was going to be a mother, that things really shifted for me. 
And there was an urgency in me trying to figure this out for myself and figure this out for my family. Um, and in that urgency, I kind of got into a space of self-awareness, of really thinking about what it was that I was good at, what it was that were my weaknesses, my strengths, um, where did I want to take my career and kind of getting deep on the questions and doing the work necessary to know where I wanted to take my career to next. Um, and the realization that I needed to do that for myself, that there wasn't going to be someone that was going to hand me the rope. And if there was, that was great. But I knew that in my current circumstances that I was going to have to figure it out myself. And I had another little um, human being that was looking at me to actually provide that model. So it really accelerated my want to grow, to learn and to develop myself. And through that, I discovered coaching and through coaching, I realized I can, I can kind of blend the, um, the helping, the making an impact, the changing people's lives and leverage what I've learned in the financial services industry to help support that growth. Wow. Cool. So cool. Yeah. It's an amazing journey. And it's taken you to a point where you're, you label yourself a millennial leadership coach. And I'd be curious to know, like, what do you typically help your clients with? I think the biggest thing underlying so many different areas of concerns that my clients come to me with, or people that are in my circle is around mindset. You know, I think we can be our own biggest critics at mm -hmm. times. We are, you know, quick to harp on some of the things that we do and, and afraid to bring that confidence of what we have to offer to the table um, and the value that we're able to bring. Um, so I think that there is so much around mindset that a lot of my clients come to um, and the realization that they have the skills, the experiences and everything that they need inside of them. Um, and that there's a way that they can transfer those skills, transfer those experiences and tell the story of their experience, tell the story of their journey to be able to make that picture um, and to paint that picture so that they can clearly articulate the value that they can bring, whether it's to their career or to their life. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. The, the fact that there isn't always this separation, I don't really think there is a separation between who we are in our professional world and our personal world. And I, I think anything that we do to grow in one area helps the other and, and vice versa. So I, I hear you there. Mindset is everywhere in what we do. In an earlier conversation that we'd had a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned a time when you felt underemployed. Uh, and I think you hinted that at that a moment ago, but while you were discovering you had a child or were having a child, what are some of the big takeaways that you pulled out of that particular time in your life? So I think the biggest takeaway for me was that I had to be in control of my own life. And that mm -hmm. meant being in control of my own career. I was leaving it to my leaders and leaving it to managers and people around me to say, hey, I'm great. I, I want to I continue to learn. I want to continue to grow and, and look, at the, um, look at the results that I've been having. But I wasn't being that advocate for myself. Um, and I wasn't understanding that I needed to, to model in my own life what I wanted in my career. And that took an understanding of who I was as what I wanted to offer, the value that I could bring, and then translating that into my career. So I think for me, the biggest piece was realizing that I had in my capacities, the ability to be able to move myself forward um, and to move my career forward, but it was, was going to take me getting uncomfortable, getting out of um, a way or a model I thought that I could do things and really understand myself and what it was that I was bringing to the table. Cool. And in particular to the current situation that we're facing right now, just with so many people having their lives really drastically changed, 
through COVID-19. Is there anything that really kind of ties what you experienced back then to what we're living in now? Yeah, I do. I do think that the experience with this pandemic and the, um, at first, you know, we're going through a range of emotions. Um, there are days where you might feel at your best and then there's days that things are not so good. And mm -hmm. I think that we are all going through that collectively. But mm -hmm. what I also think that there is an ability, there's, there's two ways that you can look at this. You can say, you can live it, look at it in victimhood um, and you can look at it saying, oh my gosh, this thing is happening to me and I don't know what to do. And, you know, there's nothing that's in my control and I have to stay in. And, you know, you can, you can go down that line uh, and that thought process, but, or you can decide to change and shift and you can decide to say, how can I leverage this opportunity to move forward? to understand that there's a lot of things that are uncertain, but there are things that I do have control over. And what I do have control over, how can I put those in alignment to what it is that I want to do and to achieve in different phases of my life? And this season is a season that we are all in together. So understanding mm -hmm. and the realization that we are collectively going through this and there is a different experience that we are all having, but that there are still some things that we can control in our own life and bringing that to the forefront uh, as we continue to move through and, and consume and, and understand what's happening and, and what it means for the future of our, our work and the future of the workplace. I, I know that that's not an easy thing to do. You know, it's tough to go from that place of victimhood into feeling empowered and in control. Have you found anything that's helped you to shift or that helped you to shift that mindset for yourself? I think for me, the biggest piece is understanding what matters most to me in my life and trying to tune out and phase out oftentimes the, the distractions and the noise from everything going on around us. For, mm -hmm. So for me, it's really about the foundation. What is most important for me in this season and in my life and in my, in, in my priorities? Uh, and where do, what do I have to be able to, in my control, to be able to move those things forward in this moment? I think it's about gaining momentum in different areas of your life. Um, and leveraging that momentum to take you through some of the most challenging um, moments that I think that we are all collectively experiencing at this moment. That's a great point. So one of the things that we're all struggling with and that we all strive for is balancing obligations, um, particularly in this environment that we're in, but in normal life too. Mm -hmm. How do you define balance in this sense and what are some tips or best practices that you've used? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So I think in terms of balancing, you know, when we talk about what, you know, the dictionary says it is, it's, you know, bring harmony and proportion into things. Uh, and I think that that can mean different things to different people. For some, the idea, they equate balance with 50-50 and having mm -hmm. it equal on all sides. Um, and I think for us in this when I think of the work from home movement and a lot of us working from home currently um, brought on by this pandemic, many people are feeling challenged in you know, the idea of trying to equate something to 50-50 or finding that harmony between their work and their personal life because it's now been integrated. I think that what I've realized is that balance is going to shift the pendulum oftentimes in our own career and in our own personal lives. And it's to realize that there are some um, best practices and things that you can do to realize how you can align yourself in this season or in that moment the best. So one of the first things that I do is I prioritize what needs me 
my attention the most in this instance. Um, and if the opportunity for me to do that is in my work, to be able to advance a specific project or to be able to get a specific result, then that investment of my time will be focused on my work or focused on a specific project or focused on an area of my business. Um, but then there are times that it's going to shift and the focus needs to be on your family and realizing mm -hmm that's important too, or on your personal life, um, and really understanding how you can bring that back into the fold. And that brings me into the per second part, which is setting boundaries. So mm -hmm. I think you have to have boundaries uh, in your personal life and in your, your career, and those boundaries sometimes will be in the same space. So how do you understand what it is that you are going to say yes to and, and what it is that you're going to say no to in an effort to align yourself with what's really important for you in this moment, what's your priority, uh, and mm -hmm. to move forward with that. And, and I think the third piece is, is that we're not going to get it right every day. I think uh, for me, I try to get that optimal feeling for myself and for in, in my life, but it's not going to look the same every single day. There's going to be days where I'm going to be off balance. There's going to be days where mm -hmm. I'm going to integrate the two. Um, there's going to be days where you know, a combination of the two are happening and nothing is working the way that I want it to, but giving myself grace, allowing myself to remove the guilt from that and understanding that we are doing the best that you can, that you are doing the best that you can in your current circumstances, making those small shifts every single day to try to get you back into that space where you feel like you're aligned, where you feel like you're moving uh, in the right direction for you and in for your life. I love that. It's, those are, those tips are all so helpful. And as you were talking, it kind of reminded me, you know, a lot of us are baking in our free time. Um, yes. and it's kind of like a recipe, right? You're not going to have equal parts, milk, flour, eggs. It's, it's a balance. And sometimes you're going to forget the sugar and then instead you're just going to put some Nutella on top of it. Like, you know, <laughs> you figure it out, you figure exactly. it out, you make it work. Um, and you know, you get to the point where you feel confident enough not to have to use the measuring. Not right. to have to take the spoon or not to have to, you know, you using your eye, using your intuition and, mm -hmm. and making something that you can enjoy. Uh, and in that moment, it may not be perfect, but it's great for you and your family and it allows you to, you know, for you guys to move forward. Um, and I think the same thing can be, can be said about your career, that there are going to be moments where your projects are going to shift. Your priorities are going to shift. Um, things that you thought were on the table are now no longer on the table. So how do you shift and you adapt and you move with that? Um, but understand that, you know, we're all in this together. We're all figuring it out. Um, but you can yeah. tweak and make changes every day. For sure. That is a great analogy that you two guys cooked up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> whoop, whoop. Sorry, get a little bit of fun on this episode. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Absolutely. Very well done. So the episode is all around balancing obligations and also resilience. So it's a bit of a chicken or the egg conversation, but in your opinion, does resilience help with balance or do you feel like balance helps with resilience? I think thinking about it in any of those two ways can sometimes feel confusing. Uh, I think yeah. for me, resiliency is how can I be more in tune with what matters most? Um, mm -hmm. And then and how can in those moments where I'm uncomfortable, how can I push myself to exceed that? How can I push myself to keep going, to bounce back, to keep going, um, even though things are not going as planned? And I think that that, that quest for um, balance or that quest to be able to be in alignment, which I prefer, um, that will bring on the resiliency because you'll be stretching yourself. 
um, to think, to act differently, to consider something differently, to look at something differently. And that challenge is going to build that resiliency muscle in you. Uh, so I think that it's something that we continuously work on and build, uh, you know, when you think about the last dance or if, if any of you guys are on Netflix and, and hearing the story about Michael Jordan uh, and the, you know, that the idea that he had in his mind, the thought that he wanted to be great and he knew what it was going to take and he was willing to do the work, the resiliency moving through those challenges to get to that position. And of course, he probably was out of balance in many areas of his life as he was moving through that, right? Mm -hmm. But he had that, that goal and he, had, he saw something bigger. He saw a vision for something bigger that hadn't even been created as of yet. So I think if we can frame ourselves in that way and see that there is so, each one of us has been put here to do something great. And it's for each one of us to try to seek and figure out how we can do that each day. And that could be a small thing, a small shift um, and building that muscle of resiliency, building through that, I think, is what helps us, um, helps us become even more stronger and confident on the other side. I'm hearing a really interesting theme or something that, that just came to me as you were talking in that the idea of balance or seeking alignment um, however you, you best want to put it for yourself is a really dynamic process. This is not a, this is not a seeking out of a static no. place to arrive at and finish at. No, no, this is a journey. This is a mm -hmm. marathon. Like we are, we are, there are going to be twists and turns the, the world that we live in. Like who could have thought, <laughs> you know, six months ago that, everything would be the way that it is in this moment. Um, but we move through it. So we adapt, we figure out new ways of being, um, and we continue to push ourselves forward because it's, there, there's, there has to be something else that guides us. So I think it's, it's super important to be in, um, in pursuit and trying to figure out what that is for you. Um, but at the same time, of course, giving yourself grace and knowing that you are going to go through and that we are going to go through a roller coaster of different emotions and of feelings. And every single one of them are valid. Um, but it's just about putting it into perspective and figuring out how we can move forward. Here, here. I'm with you. Yeah, so inspiring. As someone who helps other people become better leaders, what does great leadership look like for you right now? I think now more than ever, leaders are definitely being challenged. Um, the COVID-19 pandemic has, has led to some changes and some disruption at rates and at speeds that, you know, within weeks. So I think that employees, of course, are going through a range of emotions. They could be anxious. They could be fearful. They have their personal and their, their career that they're both trying to navigate at the same time amongst other things. They may be grieving the loss of family members mm -hmm. or, you know, people that they know. And they also may have been, you know, impacted by this by homeschooling their children. So the idea that employees are going through all of these ranges of emotions, I think as a leader, it's now time to step up and show the empathy, the human side of things to really help support, see how you can um, help in different ways and what capacity you can do that for your employees to ensure that their mental health, that they are, that they are in a good place. I think you know, leadership is born in these moments of fire, in these moments where your back is against the wall um, and you as an organization have to show up not only for yourself, 
but also for your employees. So I think we're seeing this now with, with the cycle of, of what's happening to people's employment. We're seeing this now with what's happening in the markets. Um, so I think strong, good leadership right now is definitely empathetic. They're sincere, they're supportive, and they're really looking out for their employees, their customers in this difficult time. Hmm. Yeah. I just, I, what you just said made me flash back a little bit to an earlier episode we did with a guy named Joe Jacoby, who uh, is a performance coach, Olympic gold medalist from 1992. And just understanding the value of empathy once again at a time when everyone's humanity right now is, is kind of under fire. So I just, absolutely, it's definitely good supplemental material for anyone who's listening and, and really catching this, this episode in that way. But um, I hear you there just being connected to the changing condition of what it means to be human right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And being on the cool. pulse of that. Yeah. Um, this is a little bit of a shift and to a more general topic but you work specifically with women. What are some of the biggest challenges that you see women face more specifically as they progress in their careers? Mm-hmm. So I think you talked to, we talked about earlier balance. And I think we often, you know, women are thinking about that very early on in their career because of the home life. And because, you know, if they decide that they want to have families or raise families, then that's a piece that they also have to consider. So I think that what I really thought early on was that women were leaving the workforce. We often see that there is you know, a leadership gap um, and that there are more men in senior leadership types of roles or at executive levels than there are women. Um, and the, the likely thought was that it was because women were leaving to have kids or they were leaving because they couldn't handle the obligations. But I think McKinsey and company do a great study every year about women in the workplace. And they talk about the idea that it really starts early on in a woman's career and that first position to manager and the opportunity to be able to make that shift. Uh, because a lot of times they don't necessarily have the mentors or the advocates um, in their organization that are supporting them, that are championing them in the rooms that they may not be a part of, um, so that they can have those first opportunities that allow them to stay longer in that leadership pipeline. Mm. So I would say the first thing when it comes to women really is that mentorship and, and sponsorship piece, but also the idea that we're not there's not enough women moving in the ranks of manager so that they can develop that leadership experience to continue to grow their career and stay in a pipeline longer. Mm -hmm. So the mentorship piece is huge. Women should be really trying to find that mentorship and support that can help them move to the next phase. How else can they get themselves into that manager position to move forward? I think it's also the, not only the piece around mentors and sponsors, I think it's understanding that that can come and look very different. And the relationship that you have, the opportunity that you have to go out there, to put yourself out there, that confidence piece, I think mm-hmm. is a big one too. I think women oftentimes and, and you know, working in and working in recruitment, working in talent acquisition, we know that in terms of application rates, that women often apply um, when it comes to 100% of the qualifications. So if they feel like mm-hmm. they're off the qualifications, they don't have the specific degree or they don't have the certification, then they may not apply to that position. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas when it comes to men, it's only 60% of what they see and sometimes even less wow. um, in terms of the qualifications. So right at the, at the start, the first 
the first instance of you making a shift in your career to apply to a position uh, that you may feel underqualified for, how do you say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to apply even if I don't have. Mm -hmm. I know that I have the skills. I know that I have the drive. I know that I have the ambition and the potential. I'm going to apply to this position because it's aligns to my own values. It aligns to what I think I can be able to bring to that organization. So how do we shift that and allow women to have that boost in confidence and who they are and what they can bring to the table so that they can apply for those positions that they thought they weren't qualified for um, so that we can, you know, start asking for the, the, or the raise, asking for the promotion um, mm-hmm. and being able to back that up with your own experiences, with um, the work that you've done and, and not being afraid to toot your own horn at different instances strategically so that you can continue to grow. Yeah, that's such a huge point and such a great point. I, you've reminded me of a professor that I had. I took HR in, in my undergrad and he said, don't self-select out, let them tell mm-hmm. you that you're not moving forward. Don't do it for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that you've brought this point forward. Absolutely. Be unapologetic. I say like, bring your badassery, bring that, bring that energy to, especially if it's something that you really want, like bring that energy to the interview, bring that energy to the applying, uh, you know, working in and having worked in recruitment. There's been many times where I've, I've said to myself, like I have, you know, candidates, but where, where are the women? Where are the women, especially when it comes to, you You talked about um, earlier before we, we, we pressed record, but Lisa, you mentioned that you had worked in technology and mm-hmm. technology is an increasing growing space. It's the future of the workforce in a lot of areas and companies right now are really hiring people to help them understand that. Um, and when it comes to technology, we know that there is also a woman gap there, right? And it starts very early on from the earliest moment of a woman deciding or a girl deciding what you know toys she wants to play with, what areas of her sensory does she want to develop and how do we expose ourselves, expose our family, expose the people around us to those things so that they can see what's possible for them, that they can see it very early on and build that confidence to be able to go after those, those areas that may not, they may not see other faces that look like them. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So along those same lines, you're a big advocate for diversity and inclusion through representation in the workplace. What would your perfect world look like? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Mm. What would my perfect world look like? Uh, a world, I don't think, I, I, I'm not in pursuit of perfection. Mm-hmm. I would want a fair world, mm-hmm. right? Like if we could just even out the playing fields for all players considered, I think that that would definitely do one hell of a job of bringing us back into equilibrium as a a global community. But Mm -hmm. um, I would definitely say when it comes to diversity and inclusion, a world where we didn't have to put numbers and diversity goals to be able around representation, uh, to be able to inherently understand the value in bringing in different perspectives and bringing in different, you know, ways of thought um, different experiences and seeing how collectively that's good for not only um, the organization and the clients and communities that they serve, but the bottom line that you're able mm-hmm. to grow that, that that value is able to come from that space. And I think of, it is bringing that diversity forward. Um, and I know that I am coming from a place of privilege in, in a country of privilege in Canada specifically. So I, I know that I have, um, I have 
individuals that I can connect with and an ability to make an impact. Um, but I don't want a perfect world. I really want a fair world for, for us all. And I think that if we can be human and respectful to each other and understand that we each have amazing things that we can bring um, and not necessarily only doing it for the bottom line, but understanding that collectively we can do something to make everyone great, uh, I think would be on its way to having something perfect. But I, I don't want to get into perfection. I think fair. Would you be willing to speculate on how, like, what's the big step that has to be taken or maybe it already has been taken that moves us toward that world of greater fairness? I think it's just being, just being able to see the humanity in each one of us. Mm. Just being able to see, regardless of color, creeds, nationality, mm. religion, just being able to see the humanity in each one of us and putting ourselves in that person's shoes, whether it's halfway around the world or whether it's your next door neighbor. Uh, I think that that definitely goes a long way in being able to say, hey, what we're doing is not right or we need to be thinking about this differently. And I think that humanity is being shown in this very instance um, and we are seeing it play out in so many different areas and in so many different countries. And I think only time will tell what the results of that will be will look like for us as a as a global community, but I think it starts with the humanity and just being able to see that in each one of us. Mm. So true. Thank you for sharing that. So um, we like to pride ourselves on not taking our careers too seriously. So, what is the most fun that you have had in your career so far? I would definitely say that one of the most fun experiences that I've had was creating my own television show. Cool. I had an opportunity to partner with Bell Media um, and create something for uh, community television in Montreal and that would broadcast across Canada and to be able to develop that from scratch, uh, working with a co-producer and a, a team of individuals and, and really bringing in different guests. And you guys know, working in the podcasting space to be able to bring those ideas for a show and, and writing out, you know, those, those show notes and the summaries and everything, it, it, it takes work. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the opportunity to be able to create something from scratch, to be able to have an idea, um, and then bring that idea to life. There's so much power in that. There's mm -hmm. so much value in that experience. Um, and it's allowed me to be able to take that into any challenge that I face uh, and being able to say, how can I break this down? Like I've done this. I've, you know, I've been able to do this. So this is something that I can handle. Uh, so I think it's, yeah, that's, that's one of the fun parts. Sounds so cool. Yeah. We can echo that. I think for sure with yeah. what we're doing. I, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Another thing is that when people are going through some sort of career transition, whether it's, you know, moving into their first job, whether it's switching jobs, um, you often have to take some sort of risk. So what would you say is the biggest risk that you've taken in your career and how did it turn out? <laughs> I think right now I am taking the biggest risk in my career. Um, well, one of the biggest risks, I, I think the biggest thing, the biggest risk I've ever taken in life was, was birthing a human <laughs> naturally. Um, and being able to do that, I, I felt like I was on top of the world. There's nothing else that I couldn't do. Mm. But I think in my career, I think this right now is a moment where I am, you know, stepping out on faith. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a risk. I think it, it is a risk in essence, but it's stepping out on faith. Um, and knowing that getting out of your comfort zone allows you to carve out something new. Mm -hmm. carves out something that is different um, and allows me to continue to align 
uh, my life to the things that matter most, the career goals that I have, and to further grow that, to be able to further develop that in my own business um, is, is, is definitely risky. But at the same time, it is something I think that we, that I have to do to continue to grow. Very cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. And the last question I have is what is the best piece of career advice that you have ever received? So I think I shared this early on in our, our conversation, but for sure it was being the CEO of your own life and really taking charge of your own career, uh, taking charge and owning that experience, owning the, the highs, owning the lows, owning the journey and realizing that it's a long game um, and that it's building your character along the way. Um, and that kind of alludes me to the second advice that I received, which is, um, and it's, your title is rented, mm. right? It, it doesn't define who you are. It doesn't define, you know, what you can do. Your character, your name are your assets. So if you can use your title as a platform to facilitate you to achieve your purpose and for you to shine through with your character, then great. But don't define yourself by your title. Don't define yourself by your work, especially now with so much shift happening mm -hmm. in the workspace uh, and the workforce. How can you say to yourself, I'm not defined by this. Let's, what, what does it mean to have character and what does it mean to, for me to be my own biggest asset and how can I leverage that in this moment? Hmm. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. Rashida, how can people find out more about you and the work that you're doing? Um, well, I am at Rashida Geddes on all social media. Uh, of course, my social media of choice is LinkedIn. Uh, so definitely connect with me there. And of course, you can connect with me on my website at RashidaGeddes.com. Um, and let's chat. Let's connect. If this resonates with you, um, let's, let's chat. I think right now we are seeing the power in connection and the power of keeping conversations going because it just enlightens all of us. So yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Lisa. Um, and, and it was great. Thank it's you. been a great pleasure to have you. Thank you for being with us today. All right. So thank you so much for joining us this week for the Career Builders podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Kozak. Our guest was Rashida Geddes, and we'll be with you again soon. Bye for now.